Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. In this week's show, we're going to recap Polaris 20, the squads event, Team USA versus Team Brazil, and we are going to recap Midwest Finisher 7. As always on the show, I'm your host, Maine. I'm my co-host, Josh. Hey, Josh. Good. Good to have you back. Hi. Um... <laughs> Let's see. Before we get into that, into the recaps, let's move into a little bit of news. Uh, we are vast, or quickly approaching ADCC. We're getting kind of the final announcements for who's going to be in all the divisions. Uh, Cyborg got announced for plus ninety nine. Um, be really interesting to see how he goes in that division. I think we have now four champions in that division, which is wild. I think it's Cyborg's seventh appearance at ADCC, and therefore we have Pena, we have Gordon, we have Cyborg, we have I think Vinny's in plus ninety nine. Is he a former champion or former silver medalist? I never, I never Champion, can remember. Being, I want to say so. Um, and then I'm, I'm obviously forgetting someone else in there because Kynan's now moved down. Nick Rodriguez is a silver medalist, but like plus nine is very quickly becoming a, uh, I wouldn't say a toss up division with Gordon there, but definitely like a, an interesting division. Gordon, Gordon, probably. Who's gonna win? Probably Gordon. Probably Gordon. Um, so that's we're just kind of finishing and rounding out uh, ADCC and Vegas is getting pretty wild that week. The Canelo fight versus uh, Triple G is also that weekend. Um, the UFC is also in town that weekend. Something else is in town as well. So it's football. Uh, oh yeah, the Vegas team, football team, Las Vegas Raiders. That team. Josh. I know that, and I don't even. They, watch I don't football. know anything about ball sports, so that's why I do jujitsu podcast. So uh, I don't have any other news as well. Sports. I don't know anything, man. It, it, mouth guard headgear, I got you. Any other sport, like hand-eye coordination, like not your guy. Uh, so that's all I got for news. Ball. Do you have any other news this week? I don't really. Th- it was really kind of a quiet week for news overall. Yeah, I don't remember talking about anything important. Yeah, like in the group chat either. <laughs> as probably was something major have happened. We were just like we forgot. we were like we were all pretty focused on like the people doing yeah, we DC had a, Open. We had a bunch of teammates competing this weekend so. at DC Open and PBJJF, uh, which is another local event that is essentially the IBJJF, but like a little but PBJJF, little, but PBJJF. So that was that was this weekend. Uh, very fun to have all the teammates out there doing that. So let's move into the recap, Josh. Uh, what do you want to start with? you want to start with Midwest Finishers or you want to start with uh, Polaris? Let's go with Finishers because so, it'll be easier. So, yeah, both these events were very, very long. Uh, Midwest Finishers ran two events. They ran a women's 125-pound bracket and they ran a men's 155-pound bracket. Do you want to run through one of them first or you want to do them at the same time? Let's just... You know, just jam it all let's, in there. Let's do Why one. Not? Let's do one at a time. <laughs> I was say Ash do that. I'm like, this is the correct answer. Yeah, here. I'm like, the the correct answer is don't ask Josh. Women or men? Just do it. Yeah. Uh, women's. Let's take it off the women's bracket. Um, really fun bracket overall. We had a uh, we had a finals match basically between Alex Wynn and Trinity Pun. Uh, Trinity Pun is the 135 pound champion. Is that correct? For finishers. I think so. Um, overall, like a ton of submissions. We, we saw a lot of really, really active uh, submissions throughout the tournament. This was a 16-person tournament? 14. 14. Yeah, because there's, there's, there's two buys here. As yeah. I, again, have the TV position behind me. If you don't follow the grappling around on social media, you can see our new podcast setup that we have. I uh, still have not moved the televisions where they're supposed to go yet. As I talk about it every week, uh, we'll get there eventually. You should have one that mirrors onto another one that's behind here. And that's just, this is what we're looking at too, guys. That's, and that way you can do this. That may be what I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about a couple, couple of different other options. this with, that's the background on the television screen. 
I thought about it, but it glares. So uh, there's there's a lot of reasons. But moving on, what um do you want to do? You want to run through Trinity's run, or do you want to run through select matches here in the women's division? Do you have anything you kind of want to do? Mm, I'm up for whatever. Co- you know, a couple of standout matches we had. We had Chrissy. I'm trying to find where she is. Chrissy Briggs, uh, two in a row. Darce and then another Darce. Like really, really quickly. Uh, her first match. Um, she has Darby a Jones. Really, really nice Darce off of like a single leg attempt that pretty much immediately folded into a Darce. Got a real quick Darce finish off of that after locking the hands. Really great camera angle on the side. It was nice to see her be able to kind of make the angle to the side and then look to step over with that Darce like right off of yeah. the single leg. We're seeing, again, especially in like a finisher style events, we're seeing a lot more submission chaining and it's kind of been a thing we're seeing. We were... We were just talking about it at the the gym where it was just like, especially right leading up into ADCC season, like everything is so Nogi focused and people are yeah. just doing things. And I heard something and please correct me if I'm wrong. I just literally heard it. But I heard that the gym that Alex trains at standard is only like no gi now yeah. anyway. That's what David told uh, David Brennan, the guy that trains with us now trains there, told us like they did no gi. Oh, and okay. I went, I went like, what? Only no gi? He's like, yeah, okay. come, up, come up on Thursday. I was like, okay. So, well, there you go. So it's it's backed up that that is actually what they do. So you get to see, like, you get to see and kind of like create all these different positional things. I mean, it's the same thing with the gi, where it's like you can create guards and other other things like that. But when your focus is so heavy on one specific thing. It's like you just see more opportunity to start doing things. And that's talking about Alex. This isn't talking about Chris, even though I've jumped around. That's yeah. how my brain works. But um, when you do a whole lot more Nogi, you start just seeing more things that open themselves up instead of just like, oh, okay, I'm just training jujitsu in general. Right, I'm not doing special grappling. I'm doing like specifically right. Nogi. Here are my options for Nogi. And it's, it's years less crossover. It is interesting. The past couple of years, we've seen a lot more kind of a, as a tangent here, a lot more gyms and really the professional scene has shifted almost entirely into Nogi. Like when we first started the show back in 2017, it was Gi, Nogi. It was a pretty solid 50 50 mix. Maybe certain, you know, during you had ADCC season or you have Nogi season, you had kind of Gi season. And that was sort of into 2018, even into kind of 2019, that was sort of talked about. Nowadays, for the professional side, it's no gi all the time. Like I can't remember the last bracketed gi event that we that we heard, did that wasn't. I think EUG is BGJ the BJJ bet. BJJ bet, yeah. And then EUG, but there's like only a handful of gi events that we. End I mean, up it's covering a shift now. at the right time, which yeah. is which is fine. Like, great. I also talked about it at the gym earlier. It was like I like gi more than no gi. Like, it's more fascinating to me, but everybody has their own thing and like even our gym has had a big shift where a lot of people just want to do nogi and i'm like oh okay whatever like training is training to me do i want to train in the gi more yes but training is training oh we're doing nogi today all right cool i bring honestly i bring both nowadays i'm just like what are we doing okay i have a rash guard i can wear my gi pants it doesn't matter so moving on uh, again Chrissy had re- two really great subs kind of back to back I like seeing competitors we're seeing Chrissy kind of more and more we saw her in the main event for uh, not main event on the co-main or something like that on Fury uh, I forget yeah. who she was against we're yeah. seeing her again more and more it is nice to see her in and get two kind of 
really quick submissions in the earlier rounds by the same technique. I like seeing someone lean into the lean, lean into a technique, like much like we've seen the Vertolos really lean into the Dars and like kind of make that the staple or the buggy, choke, or, or the buggy yeah. choke that we see again. Uh, let's, like, let's talk about that. At, look so, at Gordon though, but Gordon, like, what do you know Gordon for mostly? Heel hooks, yep, and rear naked rear chokes. chokes. Like that's it. If you guys get the chance, watch um, Future Kimono's inter- first interview with him because they're doing like a like countdown to ADCC, and they did like a ten minute video or something, ten or fifteen minute video with him. It's pretty interesting, just like getting his uh, his thoughts and everything on leading up to ADCC. I haven't seen that. Where, where's YouTube? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen yeah. that. Yet. That'll be interesting. He's always he's actually like for he's very well spoken for how you ever think about Gordon. That dude has given me two of the best interviews I've ever done. Dude, he's by far. he's probably one of the best trolls in yeah, general. Like, definitely. I want to say a lot of what he says is just like pure shenanigans. We're good. I just clicked a button accidentally. Okay. Um, I want to say a lot of the stuff he just says is just to say it to piss people off. Yeah. But like anything, when it comes to jujitsu, it's like I'll listen to you on that because you know what you're talking yeah. about. He always, he's, every time I've interviewed him post fight, he's always given me really. Actually, interviewed him at ADCC and at after um, after Bo Nickel after that match uh, at, at yeah, Third yeah. Coast. Super insightful with like game planning and talking about the techniques and why he did something and the training and leading up. It's like always been very very insightful to hear him. So I'll definitely catch that interview. But um, we just talked about the buggy choke. Trinity Pun first round hits a buggy choke. And uh, I can't even do one of those. We we, we, you we were at there. the gym Friday, yeah. Yeah, 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 and we were talking about we, we have a team, a younger teammate who is very very flexible, has a good body style for it, and was like we were going through a couple of different kind of scenarios where it, when you can when he's working a buggy choke, and uh, I don't want to be that old crotchety guy in the gym that's like oh you shouldn't do it. I'm like hey man, if it works for you, like here's how to tighten it up, here's where you should go and do it. And then Josh, you were trying to show something, and you're like can I even do it? And you put your leg, you're like I can't do this, man. Fuck that. I'm not. I'll go to sleep. Like I won't tap to that. Fuck that move. So we had Trinity, <laughs> we had Trinity Pun again using her um, kind of flexibility and her length her there length. to get and finish the buggy choke. We are starting to see buggy chokes finished frequently. I think it's really interesting because you and I both saw this probably back in 2014, 2015. That move kind of for probably like six months kind of came to prominence. You saw a lot of people like throwing it and spamming it. I forget what kind of kicked that off. And then it just went away functionally for a couple years instagram or something and like a few random people like hit it yeah and there was a guy that was one who wanted to be the first guy in mma to hit it i remember seeing that and then like it kind of like went away vanished and then all of the sudden it has come to prominence and we're seeing a lot of high level like we saw hunter coven use it we the see the Rotolos use it. use it sorry we saw um j-rod use it on hunter coven in the finals of trials we saw trinity pun here using it in her first round we're seeing like it is now a technique that is, if you have the body style for it, a viable option from bottom side at the higher, middle, like, A-tier levels of competition. It works at the highest level. You watch the Rotolos do it. Wild. It is worked. You watched it at ADCC Trials. It worked. People are doing it. It's, it's working. Because that was a move. I, I just love that, like... That was a move when I was trained that was like dismissed as like a me. I was like, ah, oh, it's not going to. I think even like we you know talk- what You know what else is like a move? Uh, when you body triangle somebody and you like spine lock them by just grabbing their head. And, we like, saw that uh, this weekend with Anthony Pettis. Yeah. I, like, I, I used to do that at like white belt and everybody in the gym was like, stop fucking doing that. We yeah. hate you. doesn't work. And now we're seeing it again. I, love, I just, I like 
this this event kind of reminded me that things come back around and it is very Cyclical. funny to see to see the buggy choke like really kind of like it's it's not it's just being now. used by the Rotolos and like or it's not just like a 10th planet thing mm-hmm. we're like, seeing we're seeing it yeah. you go to side control it is now something that you have to defend because people are working it and just very interesting thing to consider um if somebody tries to do that shit to you crush their throat yeah, you gotta put you gotta put the hand on the front. That's something we <laughs> we saw here is when um when Trinity went for it, uh I forget who she where what what round? Emily Nichols. Uh, Emily Nichols. Emily Nichols had the hand underneath and tried to step over it. And I was curious, I, I didn't know if potentially Nichols had put her hand on the face and on the forearm, if she would have been able to frame or if potentially she would have been able to pass out of the buggy choke in the direction she was going. It was just interesting. And again, it's it's a technique that we're we don't see we didn't see as frequently for years and years and years. I am now curious. I'm going to have to learn as kind of a watcher and as a commentator, like what are the options they have buggy choke? We saw it. We saw a double buggy choke uh, a couple months ago. Like why there's been several of them. There's actually. been several, but like there's a high profile one on one of the 10th uh, planet qualifiers, but I think it happened at one of the trials too. Okay. I mean, again, it's something we're seeing and it's, in, it is interesting now have to relearn the technique to go like, okay, what should they be doing? Where their hand position, what, the, what are their counter options? Like, how do they avoid it? Um, yeah, I don't know. We've, we've been talking about that, but let's talk about the final of that bracket yeah. with Alex Wen and Trinity Pun going at it. Um, is this, I, is this a re- I think this is a rematch, but commentary didn't mention it. I don't think mentioned it as a rematch, but it wouldn't. It would surprise me if this was was not a rematch at Does this Alex point. Does Alex have a BJJ Heroes page? I uh, don't know. I think she's a brand new black belt. No. She's had it for a little bit now. Uh, who was I thinking of then? I don't know. I could be But, wrong. I mean, that would be a way to figure it out. But it yeah. was really cool. There was one point where you see, like, this offset uh, triangle about to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, it does happen. From Trinity on the From bottom. From Trinity there. on the bottom. But the thing is, like, there's too much space. Alex put her hand in there at one point and trinity would have had to like punch her own arm in to help cut off the blood flow yeah so it was more like a not like that, a stalling position a head but, crush almost it was like you're, you're it, trying to hold the head in position to prevent the pass yeah and we watched it again before we recorded here and we were talking about basically trinity grabbed it kind of looked like a variation of a nogi canto choke so um, because but there were no arms in and we were kind of whenever we have seen this finished it's always finished when someone instead of having their arm looped over top to grab the leg you have to reach under your like own through, leg and yeah. through to almost like do a um a no arm triangle with it and it was interesting alex kind of like went forward a little bit locked the legs up locked the arms up and sort of tried to squeeze trinity yeah sorry trinity on alex um but was never able to really get the pressure and the closure into the choke for, to make a no arm variation of the choke work um and Alex did a great job kind of late in the match off her back, threw up a pretty tight arm bar. She came off of that. I thought she transitioned off of it. Oh, yeah. You're right. She did. She transitioned off of that and had like a really tight one. And it was like, oh, it might be close. And then Trinity started to come up and then it was finished. Yeah. That's why it would seem like it was off of her back. Yeah. Um, solid, solid arm bar, solid work from Alex. Like, she's really good. She's been really good for a really long time. Yeah. Um, again, since she's local, I put that in quotes. Um, she, I, she used to come to her gym a lot training with people that used to train there. Um, I've seen her at like a billion tournaments, uh, competing there, refing there. She knows her shit. She's really good. Like 
It's all, it's, it's, it's all just awesome like you're taking the belt at 25. For yes. Finishers. Awesome. You know, but like also just going back and like, Oh, what did she do? Oh yeah. She was in that tournament with, with my Sebastos and, and, uh, um, Grace Gundrum and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, she's just like doing all of this stuff just to make herself that much better. Yeah. So it's always cool seeing, all the women come through and like you see all these standout grapplers coming out. So that was really cool watching. Yeah. Awesome. Really very, very fun tournament. Um, again, not a ton of, I liked this brag. We didn't see a ton of overtime either. Um, Thank goodness. Josh and I aren't a huge fan of overtime on the show. We used to love it. Eh, we used to tolerate it. We used it. to like it. We used there to we tolerate go. it. And then it got gamed a bit, but we, again, I like that we are we didn't see very many matches in either bracket go to overtime. Like a lot of people came out again. Dimitris finishers did something that I kind of liked. Like they were ten minute matches, and you got enough time to work. And also they were aggressively pushing. Um, all the competitors kind of knew to aggressively push the action. You want and that, that submission works. anyway? Yeah, and that's but I but I appreciate that. So let's move on to the men's one hundred fifty five pound bracket. This was a fun fucking bracket i enjoyed the show of this um very fun where do you want to start with this we can so this finals match might have been kieran karchik uh versus deandre corbray had kieran not got injured he, kieran got injured in his second round match versus john lyons uh he cracked a rib i didn't really see how it happened but the commentary talked about it, about the three hour and eight minute mark um they kind of mentioned that it looks like kieran's out and he's some somewhat injury Looks like a rib injury. Kieran posted later on Instagram, I think, uh, that it was, he went to the, basically him in front of the ER with like, he's like, yep, yeah, it's broken. And I was like, ah, oh, that sucks. Cause Kieran's a really fun but guy like, to watch. What level of break are we talking here? Is it like broken, broken bad? Or is it like cracked or, yeah. or what? I mean, rib injuries suck. Yeah. I got a rib injury this weekend as well. They're not, they're, they're not, not great, Josh. They're not fun. Second in one in eight years beat. or nine years. So like, uh, hopefully that heals up. But again, we could have had a completely different finals yeah. match had that not so, happened. Kieran takes out Fabian Ramirez. Uh, Fabian Ramirez was on Hughes next as well. Uh, he was in the opening house. I don't think he makes it into the house in the initial one. The one with the guy that was with Sailor Hat. Yes, yeah. I, know, I know who we're talking um, about. He beats Fabian Ramirez in the first round. I forget exactly what he submitted him with. It was an outside ankle lock uh, from a false rape entry. And it was a really nice entry. And she, we saw him use at um, East Coast, at West Coast Trials. Um, really nice sit through. Comes over and finishes almost like um, the leg lock that Craig Jones finished on Boogie at Quintet. Kind of like that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Where it's yeah. like he's outside and he's on an outside angle on the leg. It was a straight ankle lock, but it was like very, very reminiscent of that finish where the knees turned sideways, kind of. Um, finished that on Ramirez and then moves on, faces John Lyons. John Lyons uh, submits him with, I think it was, was an armbar. I don't, I don't recall again. This is, we, Josh and I watched, I think Midwest Finishers was about four hours long and Polaris was about, Four, four hours, hours long, long. Um, and back to back, and we don't have a result set for midwest finishers, so this is just trying off, to pull it off. The pull top it off of my the head there. Um, so Kieran again, Kieran finishes Lions. Kieran has to drop out with an injury, uh, and then so we have John Lyons versus Jordan Holy. Jordan Holy is able to finish Lions and moves on to the finals versus DeAndre Corbray. Uh, Holy looked really good again. We've seen Holy been making consistent improvements. Uh, to his top game and his bottom game, really, really quick entries into the leg locks. I think his first match, 
first or second match was he's a really always quick. been that way though like he's always just like jumping on it the thing with that like the difference between his first two matches and the finals match were like significant yeah where you watch and this happened a lot in polaris as well where it's just like you see one of the people where if it if it's not a submission only thing it's like you clearly see who won that match mm-hmm. but again when it's submission only it doesn't really matter you have to submit so yeah. it's just like okay how are we going to figure this out or it goes to overtime and then right you know, you, but I think Holy has a really good style for the EBI style events. That's why we've seen him kind of do so well. Is because he comes out super aggressive and he blazing. and he go, goes guns blazing, and a lot of times that works out in his favor. He can get to the ankle locks, he can get to the heel hooks, he can get to the legs. Um, and more recently, we've seen him get you know be getting to the mount, be getting to the back. And I think over the past like three or four years of covering him, we've seen him kind of make those improvements, and that really paid dividends through this bracket, especially in his finals match versus DeAndre Corbray. DeAndre Corbray had a really fun run up into this bracket. Um, he looked really good. He had another really, really quick leg lock entry, I think, in his first or second match. Um, and then we had a mat- match with Max Hansen, who also was just looking phenomenal, getting a couple rear naked chokes early and just super dominant performance was max also on the qualifier for who's next i could be mixing him up with someone he's a he's a guy we've just recently started covering kind of more frequently i can't remember and like that, this i don't remember the first episode at all yeah it's been it all blends <laughs> it's together already Josh. Been weeks mm-hmm. um but man max is a guy we just started kind of recently covering more and he really impressed me here just with the level of positional control he had in his first two matches um was impressive the way he controlled Victor and the way he controlled David Garcia, kind of passing to the finish, getting to the back, finishing. Um, I think he's definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with in sure. the 55 division, like moving forward. His match with DeAndre was a lot of fun as well. DeAndre really had to like slow him down, put pressure, pace on him in order to in order to be able to get through him. So that leads again back to another thing talking about Polaris is uh, take someone like. Uh, Mika Galval, and that's what he's really good at is slowing down the action to what pace he wants to be at until it's time to go, and then he just goes. Yeah, and you're 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 lulled into this false sense of security, or even like the false sense of timing. Yeah, like he's like, even like a lot of guys. Just watching a lot of that stuff, it's like at the high level they can vary their timing they can what? and Nicky Rod talks about doing this a lot too it's like he puts a pace on you and then he varies that he varies that pace so you're not expecting him to change pace and then you can never get his timing right to get through him or to ever be able to deal with him is really what sort of he does and it's interesting kind of over the years doing this having more and more guys kind of talk about that as a strategy of like off yeah. timing and changing timing and like not and something you hear in other combat sports um, but it's interesting to see BGJ guys kind of more and more frequently talk about that as a strategy in a way that I didn't hear as much. In the Again, past. I think it's easier to do in no gi than it would be in to do it in the gi because yeah. gi you can just s- I can grab a put grip everything to a crawl and I can slow I everything to. down if I really want to. And you with... have to play at that pace, and somebody's not going to explode the pace right. off of that. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I didn't think about kind of the shift that we talked about earlier from the gi into no gi. Um, it's become like more of like that. a, like a legitimate sport to where if like yeah. all, 
for years, everybody's like, oh, put jujitsu in the Olympics. It's like, do not put jujitsu in the Olympics. Do not do that. Like, put, uh, call it submission grappling and, and make it Call no it submission gi. grappling and do it every two years and call it ADCC and we're good. I mean, well, yeah, <laughs> that's, that too. That's all I want, Josh. Well, we, we already if, have if it. If you want to put it in the Olympics, don't give do him it. a pair of shorts and a rash guard and call it a day and let him just like try to find the best amalgamation of all rules and do that. So let's talk about the finals match. Before we get too, before we get too, too off tangent here in a classic main and Josh show, yep. uh, Jordan Holy takes on DeAndre Corbray. Um, it goes to overtime. It does. But DeAndre, in my personal opinion, uh, was just like, was on his front foot the whole time. Mm-hmm. He had, he he was in control in, in my eyes. He was in control the entire yeah, match. Yeah, it was definitely close in sections. Yes. And I was really impressed with, again, they both played from the bottom. They both played from the top. They both did, like, they both tried to pass and impose a positional game when needed. And they weren't, they weren't doing the thing that was so... Um, frequent in these EBI style tournaments a couple years ago, which is like both guys fall for the legs and they pummel legs for ten minutes or eight of the ten minutes, and then that's it and that's the match. I and really appreciate it. In the finals now, we're seeing guys like showcasing top game and bottom game. Like they are, they want to have the fight where they want to have it, but they are also willing to have the fight wherever it is taking place to showcase. Like, yeah, I'm not just like a good leg locker. I'm not just a, a, a guy that have to pass your guard. I'm not just a guy that's going to sit in north-south. Like, I really appreciate that because, again, we've seen enough matches where we know that is partially a rules thing, but that is in a huge way a grappler thing. Like, you have to have two guys that are willing to kind of showcase their talents to have a good finals match like this. And, I again, I appreciate that we had DeAndre and Jordan here to do that because we've had a lot of finals matches versus two guys, of, again, of similar level, where they just decide, I'm only going to play this one thing and only show this one facet of my game that I'm comfortable in. And then it goes to overtime, and you're like, cool, I didn't see anything. It was nice to see Jordan like play def- play a defensive game and not just only be willing to engage in the area that he wanted to. And that's sort of, I think, some of the improvements we've seen from Holy's game in the last couple of years is the willingness to really fight you from anywhere and stop the guard pass and get underneath you and use that as a tool to get on top and then work his pass. It's nice to see. I think, again, goes to a decision. Corbray probably takes this one, but that's not the finisher format. You go into overtime. They go, I think, I think it was three overtimes. Holy's able to take it in overtime. Uh, it's, it's standard overtime. They trade back and forth. Um, no subs, and then Holy takes it. Holy is now the 155-pound champion of Midwest finishers. Absolutely would love to see him defend that. Um, it It is a little odd with kind of how Midwest finishers, not how Midwest finishers runs, but a lot of these tournaments because it's so, there is such a couple of months between events. It is a year or more before we see them run back a 155-pound tournament. I would like to see, I don't know if this was, was this the qualifier for Sapatero? Do you remember? I think this might have been a qualifier. Might, might have been the qualifier for Sapatero. I do like seeing that. If we're not immediately, you know, in the next six months, gonna see them run another 155 pound tournament or super fight. I like that that it builds kind of a league structure where it's like, cool. Then Holy wins this. He goes on as an entry to this tournament, and it it builds a bigger league because we're probably not gonna see Holy defend the finisher's title for some time now. 
Well, I don't think anything is really going to go on in the next few months anyway, just because of what's coming up. ADCC. So at a certain point, like the people that are doing ADCC are not going to do anything else. No. And that's, and we're what we are. We're in, we got two months left. July. Realistically. So we're going to see a, I think a big halt. I think in two weeks we have who's number one. And that is Gordon Ryan. That's Pedro Marino. I think that is the last big Nogi event that we're going to have. No. Because Gordon's doing Pedro Mourinho, and then he's doing... Uh, Penna. Yeah. Is Penna, bef- is Penna before? Before ADCC. I thought it was June-July. Oh, is it really? I think so. I actually... Because I didn't... They were... I, they've... That is, I don't know if that got canceled or not. If that is a thing not, that is just know. in my... That is when, when I have a specific date, then I'm going to be like, yes, I'm excited for it. And they've talked about they're in like a neutral country, or they put the like, put the wire the money. I don't know what's going on with that match. When it is announced and it is final and we have a date and a streaming platform for it, we will talk about it and I will get hype to talk about the only dude that's beat Gordon twice at Black Belt and what the rematch is going to look like because I think it'll actually, I genuinely am excited about that rematch because it is one of the three matches that I really want to see, maybe three or four matches, I really want to see Gordon in, so I'll be excited about it. But until then, until it is upon us, uh, we've talked about it for years, I'm I don't really want to beat we'll see that dead happens. horse. We'll see that. But Pedro Mourinho is in two weeks. Uh, that is that is the final. Do we know if Spriggs and Craig Jones are gonna fight each other on that? Do we know yet? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, because I, I know that's kind of a big sticking point between Craig and Tim on the show for who's next. I think the finals also airs in two weeks as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's happening that. on that who's yeah. next on that who's number one card. So. Uh, that will be that will be a lot of fun. Um, go back and watch the first match between those two guys on Grappling Industries. We have a little highlight up on our, our page, actually. I got some permission to use that footage probably three or four years ago when that first match initially happened with some commentary from Emil and I. Um, oh, yeah, and it's kind of yeah. neat. Uh, so you can find that there. But go back and watch the match. I'm curious to see if the dynamics of that match look different. But I think that'll be the last time that we see ADCC guys before... Like ADCC, yeah. So uh, we're gonna gonna run low on on uh, no tournaments for a little bit. So that was Midas finishers. A lot of fun to go back and watch it on Flow. It's the first time that they've been on Flow. Um, I really would prefer to not have a little Caesar's pizza ad during both finals matches, less than ten minutes apart. Two uh, final, it's two little two little Caesar's commercials in the men's finals match mm-hmm. and one in the women's finals match during the finishing sequence i pay 150 dollars a year to watch this stuff why am i seeing little caesar's commercials yeah and i'll bring it up every single time it happens why because it's fucking stupid yeah no other no other organization no other sport runs a giant it's about 80 plus percent run of your the- fucking commercials in between matches yeah it's it's unforgivable to when run you make them the during commercial finals matches. bigger than the screen yeah. that you're watching the match on. There is an issue. Yeah, and it's fuck not bigger. Little Caesars, okay? Yeah. Fuck it's them. Eighty percent of the screen, but fuck them. It's eighty percent of the screen during the broadcast during a finals match. Like unforgivable. So, other than that, moving on, let's talk about Polaris Twenty. The squads. This was Team USA versus Team Brazil. So the squads format is a little different. It is, it's not really like quintet. It's quintet, but like. It's two hour periods. It's kind of like a soccer game. Sort of with like You don't know ball sports. I don't know anything about ball sports, but I know it's a long time. I know it's It's two. It's two one hour like halves. 
Yes. And you just keep going. You go through everybody, right? Until everybody's done. And then you cycle through them again until an hour is over. But it's not in order. You just pick whoever. You can, you can do it in like a random order. And so it's... it's. You can also sub people out when you take timeouts. If, yeah. If they want. You have two timeouts you can use. Two timeouts per half. Per half. It's... The format is a little complicated. We've seen them run it. I think this is the third time that they've run the squads format. Yeah, because USA won twice. I think so. I could be wrong. I want to say they did. Okay. And if not, then USA won once, and then they were coming to defend, and they lost. Yeah, they lost this time. But it was also a different team then, too, so it's... Sort of. The, there the were form- some people. The anyway. format is interesting. We can talk about the format. Um, it's uh, but it's essentially if after a five minute match, and because that's what the rounds are, you select a team member from either above ninety five kilogram or under ninety five kilograms or under seventy five kilograms, and then there's, they grapple. Yeah, and there there's if some you points. Get a submission, you get a point or unless three there's points. a size disparity, where yeah. the ninety five pound ninety five kilo guy gets submitted and then you get three points if a under 75 guy submits the under 95 pounds yeah you you see how like complicated this it gets a little complicated um if there's a draw essentially both guys are eliminated quote unquote eliminated they're not allowed to go until everybody is cycled through yes and then but if somebody does but you can also yeah you can sub people it's the format is a bit complicated you can read the full rule set on the polaris website they do explain it during the broadcast um it is somewhat like quintet because there's a lot of draws. I but think it f- is also kind of lame because none of these matches matter unless yeah. there's a submission. And that's sort of the, that's sort of the problem with the format. And there's only 5 minutes. Yeah, so it's a little short. They talked about it on commentary where they would like to see varying times like maybe even 6 minutes or up to 8 minutes, which is fine. But again, if nothing is happening, and here's the thing, at f- in five minutes, it's kind of difficult to call like stalling or anything like that. You see it happen a couple times during the event. A little bit where they were like, come on, you got to fight. But that was right. really about it. And the the timer consistently runs. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, it's a five minute match, but they stop every time they stop them. No, it just keeps running. Yeah. So you don't necessarily always get five minutes worth of action either. And this leads you to trying to figure out the rules from the first half to the second half. And going into it, like, everybody on the Brazil team was like, hey, we wrestle. And they they were a wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, they were coming in just, like, heavy collar ties, just trying to blow into people, trying to – they were wrestling the first yeah. half. And then they were like, there's no point to this. Because well, we don't get points. Because there's no points, and there's no there's no points for you anything. See the the game change yeah. from the first half to the second half. So it's it's interesting to talk about too, because a lot of these matches are interesting, but your play like you they get don't, abbreviated matches. Yeah, they don't work as super fights because your goal is not to like your goal is only to submit. So they're not playing as much of a positional game, but your goal can also be to just get that guy out of there, out of the rotation until the next time. But it's 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 an interesting format. It's kind of hard to pin down exactly what the goals are. The goal is submission, right? But I'm saying the goal is sometimes like not get submitted too, and sometimes, that's that's, yeah, it's that's just like the hold out and get only that goal. Yeah. And it's sometimes really hard to tell, like as a viewer, 
to figure out in five minutes what that guy's goals are to get on board with being able to be engaged with the match while I'm watching it. And I was I struggled that for this particular event, I struggled a lot with that of figuring out, okay, like Gio Martinez, is he trying to just like stave off his top player or is he trying to enter for a leg or like he's throwing for a guillotine? Like I didn't really know what his goal was into the match versus like Michael Gavau. You knew what he was going to do. His goal was to like go and run through subs. Everybody on the Brazilian team at one point or another just about tried to get the back. Yeah. Except for Kaiwan Gracie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so let's let's run, let's, yeah, let's start. Let's run through let's run through the matches cuz there's a lot of matches to run through. We're going to skip through a lot of them because uh there's there's just a lot of matches. There's three submissions yeah. in the two rounds. So first That's... round we had Luis. Pa- you want to do the names because I got to Luis Paulo versus uh, Nathan Orchard draw. Luis Paulo was in charge of that match pretty much the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Igor Tanabe versus Hunter Colvin draw. Yeah. It's like a lot of trying to attack the legs, like back and forth. Mm-hmm. Tanabe Everybody... kept trying to bear on Bolo. Yes. And if Colvin was, he Colvin was just that. like, no, like I'm not gonna let you bear right. bolo. But me. then there was also still a lot of like takedowns mm-hmm. attempted by the Brazilian team which was like oh okay they're all going to play top cool didn't necessarily work out Marcelo Fausto versus Gio Martinez draw again like all of these guys even if you don't know Fausto I didn't really know a whole lot about him very impressed watching what he did during that match yeah um, the two team captains met next Isaac Bahens versus uh, Richie Martinez Draw. Yep. By hands heavy again. It, it, heavy it's, pushing it's a, in. It is a Gio Martinez. It's, sorry. It's a Boogie Martinez match where he, Boogie is trying to play from the bottom and trying to go go plot you or turn you over for a, an arm lock or something out of the back end with you, his flexibility. You can go through the episodes and hear how critical, especially I am, but sometimes the rest of the, the, uh, the hosts as well of Richie Martinez's lack of like side control escapes. Right. I, I, one, I, I, the, I, the, I, the one quintet in particular. Yes. So, Behence got by and I was like, here we go. Richie Martinez was like, out, I'm out. And I was like, Oh, awesome. Like that's something that I saw where it was like a huge change where he wasn't just yeah. like so comfortable with just being there or trying to bridge or the, just or trying bridge to like Behence jailbreak. Over. Yeah. Like he, you saw him in the past, just like that's all he looked for. Yes. So it was awesome to see. I was again, I was really happy with that what we saw from like, Boogie, hey. and I was like, "Ooh, Boogie might actually like might actually and, and be able to throw something up against hints. his game." Because again, no. like in the scheme of things, if you look at most of the people on the American team, their credentials are not as good as who's on the Brazilian team. But this just shows, like, especially in Nogi. The gap is closing yeah. on on grappling. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just like a Brazilian sport anymore. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Anyway, Mason Fowler defeated Kwan Gracie by armbar. That happened after Kwan Gracie tried to flying armbar Mason Fowler and got pretty close. He got to it. he got close. Where I was like, is he? It's like this is a match where I was like, okay, Mason Fowler for me here was the was the front runner. On their American to beat team. a lot of to the beat a guys lot of the guys because I'm like yes. Mason Fowler is plus ninety nine, ADCC or sorry uh, under ninety nine, East Coast Trials champion, 
took Craig to a really tough match in ADCC, beat him in EBI overtime at SUG. Like Mason, and oh yeah, beat him in SUG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At SUG in, in overtime, which doesn't we don't really count that. But again, twice n- he beat him though. Yes, at over in overtime. Well, no, he 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 tapped him that one time in overtime. Yeah, but he tapped him. He did tap him in overtime. It doesn't count. Um, but Mason, again, has been a guy that's been looking phenomenal as of recently. He looked great. He just won Brazilieras. Uh-huh. Which is, as an American, which is some wild shit. Um, looking great. So Mason coming in, I was like, ooh, Mason Fowler is going to be a huge factor. So to have Kaiwan Gracie throw up a, in Nogi a flying armbar, and I was looking at the armbar. I was like, that is not a bullshit armbar that is deep and fowler is legitimately like defending that hard and trying to not get some it never got like out and like oh he's fighting and he's taking the armbar no, other arm was in the way stopping it was it in from, yeah. but it was like you could see fowler go oh i can't fucking play anymore and then he, but gets he on almost top. got he almost got uh it, then, then he passes through a thousand like, okay fowler's out of danger now he's going to impose his will now and fowler put his knee up imposed and then kyle goes Nah, bro, we're not done yet. And then throws up from the bottom, Alexi Olenek style, from the north-south, throws up a Nogi Ezekiel. And I went, ah, it's bullshit. It's Nogi Ezekiel. It's not going to get Fowler with it. Wrong. And then you see Fowler, like, try to yank his head out, and Kaiwan comes up with him. And I went, oh, this is tight. And the commentary at that point goes, oh, shit, this is tight. Yeah. And then you see Fowler's hands come in, and you see that he can't get his hand beyond Kaiwin's, like, bicep and in the inner arm to, like, fence him out. And I was like, oh, he's just having to eat this. And, I again, I, you, with that choke, you can't really see where the hands are positioned inside. Yeah, you really don't know where it is, so but, you kind of got to eat it. But based on, like, the based on how it looked, I was like, this looks tight. And then when Fowler finally does get his head out, he gives Kaiwin the... And you watch the video version. He gives him the oh, like that was that sucked. I didn't like that. And then he armbar. And then he armbar. And he armbars him. But it was just, uh, it was wild because that was again. Kylan's not a guy in ADCC. He's not a guy that we see a whole lot in the top upper echelon of Nogi. Pretty with frequency. Honestly, like anybody out there that's not from that like area of of Hodger Gracie, let me know what you've seen him on because like even then I was like. Oh yeah, I want to see. I want to. I want to go see his matches now. Like, but I want to watch it now because he was like super exciting. It's like point out this stuff to me. Not like he's a big dude throwing a flying armbar that tight, and you got his hips up on it. And then the Nogi Ezekiel to throw it that tight. Like that was impressive because Fowler is not a guy that he's not a guy we usually see fight out of stuff like that. No, he's normally beating, imposing. He's beating. (laughs) He's beat. He's top position, beating the shit out of you. And so to see him, and he comes back in armbars. But it was just a very interesting like turn of events that made me go it was probably some of the most exciting pieces of the night of just me the yelling half, at my yeah. tv that like he's, he's i didn't think he was ever going to get fowler but in my head in my brain in the back it went it might fucking happen never know right so that so was they exciting. took a timeout after that because you're allowed timeouts and you can actually leave the person in and have them continue to fight or you can sub them out but they're still in rotation to potentially beat somebody that is in that first rotation. Yeah. But they subbed him out, so then we ended up with the first so, match. So that is the only point that Team USA or anyone has at this point at this in, point in the first submission. round. So it's one to zero, USA, Brazil. All the draws don't care. But we have one submission victory now, which is Mason Fowler taking this vic- this armbar victory. 
So uh, he got subbed out, but he was still available. He was still in play, just yeah. didn't know when they were going to use him. Mika Galval versus Keith Krikorian. First match. They go three fucking times. They go three today. times. Mika is slow on this first one. Like yeah. you can see. He's, but he, he gets feeling out Krikorian a little bit. Like feeling out where's his leg game gonna go? Where's his like how's his Because top game? they competed three different times, I don't remember what matches what it was, but the first Galvao, match was the one that was the different match. The second two matches look well, no, pretty the, similar. The first match and the second match looked very similar, except for Galval got to the positions better and actually finished him yeah. in the time regulation. But at one point like Keith goes to lean to his right, which would be uh, Mika's left. And so Mika starts to roll with it. But as they both are up, Mika just like bats Keith's legs away and then comes forward and passes the guard. Yeah. And it was a little perfect for that. It was a cool little sequence. I wish I remembered which match that happened on but just watch like all three of them and the, try to figure out but he just the first match this, this his is legs the first away. match so kokorian goes to like almost like regard and you see micah just like turn and then just like sprawl off of both hooks around but he doesn't sprawl like super long he just sprawls enough to get his top knee back in front of the leg and hip line like i watched it a couple of times i actually couldn't like figure out how he did it it was. I think you're wild. even talking about a different sequence. Okay, but one of the guard passes that he had in Kokorian. There was a few guard passes control. where it was sick, but yeah. there was one where they were both like seated and he knocked him away. But either way, Galvao gets an armbar like literally in the last few minutes. Keith is fighting it. The last like, few seconds. Like, that's what I meant. Few yeah. seconds. Keith is fighting it, and then like the buzzer goes off, and then you see Keith tap, and I'm like, okay, was that still in the regular? I'm not because sure. Because a lot. But I think Keith was just like, hey. Let go of my fucking arm. I don't want you to break it. Yeah. Great. So that caused like a thing. And then they watched the replay back and they did, um, cause, cause, with sound in real time. And they were like, it was after the buzzer. It doesn't count. And so, Because that's a lot of times at events. Um, so just as a general thing in combat sports, this is just a PSA. If you watch combat sports, the on-screen timer for the viewer is almost never synced up with the actual regulation clock. That one was synced up. Yeah, but I'm saying, as a general FYI, never get mad as a viewer about, like, oh, the time was over. Like, why? Because usually the on-screen clock is not synced up. That's why the UFC, by the way, fades it out in the last 10 seconds so that you're not going, oh, it's two seconds after. It's not like, no, it's the official time is different than what you see as a viewer typically. Um, this one is really interesting, though, because... The buzzer goes off, but the referee wasn't in yet. And so it's like, okay, sometimes they call, sometimes it gets squirrely because based on your event and based on who's kind of running it, it is when buzzer happens or it is when referee stops. And this is what, be, what was the Deniz and Hulk match? Which one? The one where he went to sleep. Hulk went to sleep. That wasn't. Was it BJ Bat or was it BJ Stars? I thought Mika choked him out. No, no, different. Uh, different See, one. it's all, it all it goes all together. together. So, but that was like a weird thing where the rules were a certain way. And it's like, was it referee intervention or I was think it that time? Was BJJ bet, by yeah. the way. Now so that I think about it. The timer goes off and then you see like another half second or second go by in Kokorian taps and they they make a ruling on the field or on the mats that like yep that was after the time and that makes sense yeah so it doesn't count and it's like okay well the armor was really close so we admit that 
He didn't get him in regulation, so it doesn't count. Everyone's good with that. We move on. No point in this first match. Uh, next is Diego Diego Hayes versus Nick Ronan. Baby Shark versus Nick Ronan. Yep. Um, Baby Shark knows how to wrestle too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he snatched some stuff up. That was pretty slick. Um, it was a lot of just going after legs and then like yeah, that's really what Hayes Nick trying to be on top and Ronan trying to be Nick on the bottom. Ronan really likes that big underhook scoop knee bar. Like yes. he re- that's, and that's yes, the technique does. we see. He's seen it to the back with it, the backside fifty fifty knee bar. Like we see that. Pretty much whenever you see Ronan compete, given his druthers, like that is the entry that he wants to hit. He wants to backslide 50-50 knee bar you because he's very long and he scoops very well with his arms and his hips. That's what he's looking for. And that's pretty much the entire tournament what he's looking for here. Mostly. Mostly. Um, Mason Fowler comes back in and goes against uh, Fabricio Andre. Uh, Again, Fabricio Andre's wrestling looked great. Like mm-hmm. Fowler didn't really get the better of the wrestling until the very end of it, and used his size to kind of be yes. able to do so. And there. Andre did some some pretty slick shit to like finish some takedowns, even though they were like out of bounds and stuff mm-hmm. like that. If you watch, just watch the match and watch the wrestling. It was it was mostly on the feet. Like yeah. it, there wasn't a lot to it. It ended in a draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Blank versus Izaki Behance. Um, draw is like this, there's that's uh, still the first round, dude. Okay, I'm just making sure. So this is the one that got a little chippy. No, no, this is not the one that got chippy. That's not until oh, the that was round. that was Colvin and yes. Yeah, my bad. Yes, I would see Colvin and Blank play used to play really similar games, which is like bottom game. I'm a break your leg off game. Well, that's what happened, but John couldn't really get a bite and yeah. the hence just would like back up and come in and then back up and come in. And, and that's what he, but that's what really he does good at distance they, management. They, you ever watch him fight? Like that's, that and they talk about it and that's you. how it, that's his game. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And you know, it happened, but you know, not too terribly eventful. Moving to a draw. Mika Galvao versus Gio Martinez. Mika Galvao. I said it earlier. I was like, I, I said it earlier in the, group chat i was like pretty sure he's better than 90 percent of like everybody that does and then jiu-jitsu. i followed time i was like 95 plus like, like he's easily so he's so good like he didn't submit and him i, th- but I think he was... i think this was geo going in like we got to take out galvao i am notoriously impossible almost to submit for anyone almost had his arm but still like, but i'm saying like geo goes in and like they're gonna throw geo martinez because he's like he's just notoriously such a hard stylistic match for guys to deal with he's got a crafty guard he gets like he's just hard for guys to deal with um even mikey had like a little bit of a problem in certain places versus martinez and mikey's like couldn't catch him best nor couldn't catch him martinez takes out Galvao, so they cannot put him back into rotation until later. And that's, I think, it, watching this, that's what I thought the goal was for Gio. Oh, and that Could whole 30 wrong. seconds on the in-between was never right. There were some times where it was like two minutes in-between matches. Yeah. I'm like, you're giving him way too much time. I Look, it's... They were super strict about it the first one, and I do, I do like, like, hey man, give him a little bit. Like, don't just... Just get, like, give him... Put them up there quickly, but, but like don't, don't make them be on drag the mat. on, man. Yeah, uh, we then had a rematch already of Luis Paulo versus Nathan Orchard. Uh, much of the same thing mm-hmm. uh, as the first match. Well, Orchard on the bottom, looking for you know what he looking does for stuff, looking for the no arm Sometimes triangle, pulling him into orchard. positions that were not good. Yep, at all. Um, 
but it wasn't, you know, the same same match as the first one, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Igor Tanabe versus Nick Ronan. Nick Ronan snagged a couple of things that looked really sketchy, but Tanabe got out. Yeah. And, you know, again, draw. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the last, like, two and a half minutes, because it literally goes up to an hour. So it doesn't matter yeah, if the, the match is five the minutes. The first half of the event is an hour. The second half is an hour. They do is period. So, like, if you have enough time for two minutes or 30 seconds of a match, they start that match with the remaining time left in the period, yes. and then it doesn't go the full five minutes. Correct. And right. that's what happened with Keith Krikorian and Fabrizio Andre. Um, that's ADCC implications right there. And Fabrizio, yes. from that little bit right there, it's like, that might be a rough match if they get and paired I was curious early. also, like, how Krikorian's earlier match with Galvao might, may have affected this because he again in the first match that looked like in the Keith arm got had extended to, yes he got extended and Keith had to fight hard in that first yes. match and Fabricio like again had a tough match earlier with Mason Fowler that was mostly on the feet wrestling like very different phases of the match and also very different stylistic games and I just I I want to read into this because it is a matchup we are probably pretty likely to see now or less likely Possibly. to see it because they don't usually do rematches in ADCC, but the squad's format is odd enough where they might not even factor it in. You never know. Um, but I'm curious, like, there's so many X factors with how that match plays out, but now that they're both in 66 at ADCC, I am I am curious about it. Yeah. So uh, on the in-between, we had a super fight between Ben Henderson and Damian Maya. Um, Holy shit, Damian Maya is fucking good. I didn't expect it to go the entire time, though. I thought Ben Henderson was going to get some minutes. I thought, because we we seen Wagner Hosha submit him on Polaris. Like, Well, here's the thing. The fact that Ben Henderson survived for 12 plus minutes with Damian Maya on his back. Dude, even in the post-fight interview, Damian Maya was surprised. He was Damian like, Maya was like, I don't gave, know how I he didn't was, submit him." Basically, like, like that shit was crazy. I didn't submit him. I submit everyone. And he, dude, was, he crushed his face. Dude. And Ben Henderson, ben Henderson was like, "Shit happens." So hard to tap, and the guys in WEC and UFC all talk about how hard he is to tap. Like all the bad spots. Again, Pettis was the only guy to do it. The triangle, but he, like, you know, he. Didn't get caught. Damian Maya beat dead ass for like he, seventeen he, minutes he of a twenty-minute match. Control for ninety percent of the match. The end where Henderson was starting to like come through in the last like two minutes. I yeah. was like, oh hey, hey, there you might be able to build something, but, but it you was can't because you don't have enough time. It was fifteen minutes of control by Maya and like at least pretty dominant control. And I was astonished astonished at the defensive ability of ben henderson like as always like every time you watch ben henderson you just go like watch this dude for defense because he is active he is tenacious he turns like at no point does he ever just actually he does sometimes like i was gonna say try to statically just fight you in a place but he will sometimes and then he'll still win in those places and he'll like oh like you just you could never get your hand grip across like he did enough to force you down he got his shoulders out he turned his hip a little bit like he's making all of these big and small adjustments to just prevent you from ever being able to like just like lock him down completely and like get him exactly where you want him because he's like slippery to deal with so the fact that maya could control him for 16 15 17 minutes of a match was wild and again still couldn't finish it the amount of time that daniel strauss was talking about 
Ben Henderson's quads and the striation of his quads was fucking great. <laughs> Can't make the laugh, Josh. My ribs, my ribs are fucked up. <laughs> it was great. I was like, this is, this adds nothing to the commentary whatsoever, but please keep talking about it. Let's go dance draft. Because it's just like so off the beaten track because they were like, for the most I mean, part, one of the on things point, to say about they were, it's like, okay, he's still on your back, but he's like, man, have you seen those quads? And it's just, you're just like, okay, cool. Yeah. It was think a, about it, this. Dan Strauss at ADCC competed at 77 kilos. Did he really? Yep. Dan Strauss used sar- to be 80? tiny. Yeah. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah. Now he's no, a was beefy. 70, wasn't 88? I think it was 77. Holy shit. He used to be tiny. It might have been 88, but I don't think it was. Okay. He used to be a skinny lad, and now he's a beefy boy. Yeah, he just all his Instagram is just him lifting Dude, heavy, love it. odd, heavy objects. I also like his very random like streaks of gray in his facial hair, mm-hmm. and his love of uh, Ben Henderson's quads. Mm-hmm. So that was it. Was again, it was honestly a fun match. Super impressive. Like, it was great. Good for I, Ben Henderson for not getting awesome submitted. to see Damian Maya's game on display again. Like I love seeing him compete. Counter wrestling. Bet that was yes, awesome. That was so, just cowboy. If he's not. If he's not doing MMA anymore, please continue. Please, guys, doing jiu-jitsu give matches. me some Damian Maya on whatever. I love it. And also, like again, Ben Henderson. I like Ben Henderson consistently him, competing and stuff because they dude. talked about Vag- the Wagner match. They talked yeah. about the AJ Agazar match yep. where they threw him off the the stage. Like, you know, I love seeing it. I love seeing it's great. Those, those are, guys. And again, and Ben Henderson has been to two ADCCs as well and did well. He ran into Kron at one point. Yep, I remember that. And he ran into somebody else. He did, I want to say, the one in England and the one in China. So it would be one 13 and... 13 and 15, 15. I think. Yep, I remember um, that. Yeah. So, what's, the, what's the Kron match? That was... Kron. Yeah, it's, it's Kron. Kron. It's Kron. It's Kron. Ice cream Kron, baby. So, uh, that anyway. was, so that was the intermission. It was a lot of fun. Again, there was a little bit of commercial. Fun. Yep. Before round two, but then round two started. And then fight pass shit the bed. We had to raise our fight pass, and we struggled. We both struggled with that for like dude. Fight pass kept minutes. freezing on me. Like I would try to jump ahead, especially if they were in like a static position, maybe like 10, 15 seconds, and then it was like I'm going to buffer for the next fifteen minutes. Yeah, I had to uh, restart it once. I had then. to do a lot yeah. of restarting. I actually finished watching it on my phone because it ran smoother on my phone. Um, round two: Richie Martinez versus K1 Gracie. Draw. Richie looked really good in this mm-hmm. match. He was like in charge. He got a great uh, rubber guard position, started to bring that leg over for the Amaplata um, position, came up on top. Like he was in charge of that match. And it was like, again, it, it's refreshing to see because when Richie imposes and when, like is able to get his game off, like this is what it looks like. But it's awesome. I want to say he's almost 40 as well. I think so. Because I, I want to say Gio's, Gio's the younger brother. Yeah. And I want to say Gio's like 34, 35 years old. And I remember watching Gio yeah, like I think so. 10, 12 years ago. And I was like, this guy looks old. Yeah. But he, he wasn't. But I remember, I remember watching Boogie Fight MMA. Oh, yeah. I back when he, back in his late 20s. Yeah. He was, remember, because his, I'm, I'm that was, find out that was always the big thing was that Gio went the BJJ. This is kind of off tangent. Gio went BJJ and Boogie went MMA. And then I think he had three or four fights. He had like four fights. I think he lost one. Something like that. And then was like California like, regionals. It might have been a King of the Cage fight as well. Um, but it was always like kind of the discussion that like had Boogie gone on full-time BJJ, like how good he would have been, but he decided to go the MMA route. Um, now he's 38. Yeah, that seems about right. He's, he's pushing. born 84. Okay. Boogie or Gio? 
Boogie. Boogie. Yeah, I think I, th- I think he's is it two or four years older than his brother? If they said Boogie was, I think Gio. They saw Gio was thirty four years old. He's is Gio only thirty four? I thought he was 30. 34, 35. Okay. He was like 87, 88, something okay. like that. He's a tiny bit younger well, than guys, I am. It's cool to see Boogie on these events, like it's opening good seeing up and him, showcasing like, doing his, his shit. Game. Yeah. Because it's like, I remember like when he was blowing up on the scene and I was like, this guy's like really good and, and he was doing he's a lot of super attacking. unorthodox. Yeah, for, and, and for that's that the size, other thing. he was one of the only guys that was up at like 185, 200 that had that level of flexibility because like go go plotter guys. 77. But, but like, he was he he fought at one seventy. Yeah, but he was never like he cut down to one seventy, like eighty ninety. He was low still, but the thing is, like, yeah. he is awkwardly long for that weight, dude. He's super. He's tall. like Kyle Chambers, like yeah, super long. Although Chambers is like a solid two hundred pounds now. I remember when, when was like Chambers was like sixty, when was smaller. Yeah, when he started blowing up because that Instagram clip because of that Imanari heel hook. That was Castell. That was uh, different also tenth, also different tenth planet. yeah different tenth planet guy no because uh, um, he had one too yeah he had one too he did one too mm-hmm. yeah moving on because we're getting off but tangent. Castell did have the viral one yeah he had the viral one on fight to win so again uh, great to see Richie goes to a draw yes. next match we have uh, Louise Paulo versus John Blank yeah draw mm-hmm. same kind of stuff and it's really like Thor looking for the legs. This was like a little less activity from Thor than we've seen. We saw him at Grapple Fest a couple of weeks ago, like play a heavier wrestling game, like heavier, like imposing game. Um, and it was a little, it was a little less of that here. And I'm not, I'm just curious. I want to think he probably went to the stuff that he was far more comfortable with because of the potential of who he had to go against. Yeah. And I Which think, is smart. Like go with your A game. He against... also has, you have ADCC coming up. He's just getting off that knee injury. And I'm just, I'm curious like how much is he on ADCC? Fourth place. So he's, he got the invite. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. 88. Yep. Um, so I'm just curious. I, I'm curious again, guys that are getting closer to ADCC, how much, cause we've tried, we've seen about it for years, guys playing a different game leading up to ADCC. That like, could also and, just throw people off. And there's like, this is what he's going to do. And then, well, because there's a different. lot of people that have like, Keenan's talked about it. Um, Kyle talked like, uh, guys over the years have talked about like doing that where it's like, oh, yeah, five months before ADCC, like I stopped playing ADCC and on TV on, on, on events in public. Like, I That's was what Keenan said against Kanan. Against Kynan Kynan. Kynan. Yeah, in yeah, 2017. Yeah. Where, where it was like, he didn't play any foot game at all. And then as soon as it got to it, he hooked him. He heel hooked him. And he was like, no, because oh. he, hadn't, he hadn't thrown a heel hook at him in training in like, a year or something like that because they thought they were going to be in ACC together and then he did it and I was like ooh that's but that that is one of the biggest things we've also heard guys talk about it um, and I'm curious to see if that's something that John was kind of doing here where it's like I'm close enough I've been off for injury guys don't have like eight months or a year of footage on me now so I'm going to be another X Factor and that's kind of what he did at 88 last time so I'm, cur- I'm curious if that's sort of why we had this type of performance out of John Maybe. or, you know, it was a stylistic thing. Uh, moving on, Baby Shark versus Nathan Orchard. Um, draw. Yep. Uh, good good showing from both of those guys. Mm-hmm. Both of them had uh, good positional uh, good uh, positional points in the match, but draw. Uh, Hunter Colvin versus Marcelo Falsto. Draw. Mm-hmm. Again, not a whole lot of going on. Yeah. Then we the get the pacing in, for the second half changed a little bit. It did because again, 
everybody from Brazil started playing guard. Yeah. Um, Michael Galvao defeating Keith Krikorian by armbar. So it was the same exact thing as the first match, except for he got to that armbar position a little bit sooner and got it. And I thought he broke Keith's arm. Yeah, it was um, it was tight. It so didn't he walked good. up to high mount. He turns over. He gets the arm. Uh, Keith again tries to get up to defend. He's so good at just like keeping the people there, even when both legs aren't in front of the face, like that triangle over top of the arm. Yeah. He's super good at just like holding that. He has a good feeling for your balance on the bottom in an interesting way like he can con- he does a really great job of like holding you in place with his legs but also balancing you in place against where you're going to move and like anticipating where you're going to move and moving against you and then away from you and again guys at the top level kind of all do that but he does it in a way at like, I'm not saying like a speed or there's something different. I'm, I haven't put my finger on exactly what it is yet. He does something a little different with the way that he controls people positioning like this. I'll tell you what it is. What is it? Right now. You ready? Yeah. He doesn't give a fuck. Maybe that's what it is. He really just doesn't fucking care if he loses the position because he's just like, I'm going to just go for something else then. I'm going to get it. Yeah. He just doesn't but it's, fucking it's care. it's so you wild. See it, uh, yeah. You see other people and they like care where they end up falling. He doesn't. And yeah. I think that's a big thing. He's just like, whatever, if it's I lose weird. it, I'm just going to go to something else and try to break your shit there. It's so weird because most guys that play that type of game can never kind of rise to the level that Micah has. And it's interesting because we've seen plenty of guys that like, don't, I don't care, like, wherever I end up, and they do that, but they can get beat positionally. But like, guys aren't really beating him positionally. So he's he ends up wherever. Perfect weight. Yeah. Where he's strong. And flexible and so fast he he has this weird he has a weird game that he plays in general if you watch it it's like you don't see lighter guys really go for close guard he he plays close guard all the time and he does really well at it but then he also can easily transition into like the baron bolo game the inversion Mm -hmm. game all those other things and it just goes from point a to point b and it's just all like seamless it's like where did this kid come from and why is he so good Beating blue belts, beating black belts is a blue belt. That's why. Well, that's the What's other up, thing Manaus? too. Like all of these, a lot of these guys, they're training together mm-hmm. too. Like they're all, you know, you hear when they announced the teams, it was like training at a fight sports club. It's like, oh, okay, Micah Gavao training at a fight sports club. Diogo Hayes training at a fight sports club. Yeah. Fabrizio Andre. It's like, that's a killer's row of like guys that are from like 175 to like 120. Because Diego Diego Hayes is is tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's one twenty. I think he's no, he's, he's a rooster weight. Oh, hey, yeah, sorry, yeah, I had the I had the wrong guy in my head. The baby shark, he's mm-hmm. a rooster weight. Um, but that's what it is. He just don't give a fuck, and he submitted Keith. So now, and now they've again one like to one, baby. Second half, tied we're tied up. They pulled the timeout. I should they do. Pulled Micah out. Mason Fowler versus Igor Tanabe, draw. Mm-hmm. Then Galval goes right back in afterwards, takes on Rick, Nick Ronan, draw. Fabricio Andre versus Gio Martinez, draw. Is Gio in ADCC? Mm-hmm. Under 66. So is Fabricio. There is another match from ADCC mm-hmm. that they can't really line up. Yeah. Fabricio on just ADCC rules if you did it as a whole match oh, one on points big announcement this week for ADCC 
Tonin at 66. Oh, yeah. That's what I forgot. That. That'll be another. That's, did we talk about that? Honestly, I don't think that's like a huge announcement in the sense of like he's just not doing 77. He's I not think, cutting. I think Tone. Well, I mean, that's, a, that's a decent cover. Dude, he fights at 45. He fights at 55 and one. He fights at 45. He fights at featherweight. He, but one, they moved to bump up all the weight class with weight cutting stuff. So he's technically weighing it at 55 for that. I think, again, I talked about, we talked about it initially in the kind of in the team chat that it was like, oh, it's going to be cut for him. And I was like, I don't and think I immediately so. walked it back. I was like, yeah, he can make 45. He's going to be uncomfortable doing that. But he's like, a, he's a little bigger than me. It's like 149, but not, right? It's 145. 66, 2.2 times 66 is 145. 145.2. Yeah, two. So it's it's a it's a tough cut. I think he's he easily top four in that based on like who's not like seventy seven is a monstrous division. They talked about that and they were like, "What's your decision?" And in my head, I immediately went Rotolo. That's seventy seven though. Cade is at seventy seven. Okay. And like you, you're going to run into a Rotolo either way at seventy seven or eighty eight. So that's oh, yeah, why you go, he you went go down, down yeah, to 66. So I think it's interesting. The dynamics of 66 are super. There's a lot of guys that are monsters, but there's a lot of guys that have had like win-loss, win-loss, like that have, there are significant strategies to beat them. At 77, there's a lot of guys that like, we don't really have a good way to like JT Torres and Cade Rotolo. Like we don't really have a good way to like consistent way to beat you or deal with your game. I think a lot of that is going to come down to at 66 is going to come down to wrestling. And from what I saw with, uh, with Fabricio Andre, his wrestling has increased. So like that scrambly trials, that scrambly stuff that Gary normally does might not work out to his benefit in those type of matches, but we'll see. Yeah. Again, I'm like, curious. all of this stuff is like leading up and we can speculate all we want, but we don't know anything that's going on. And no. Gary could just be like, look, I'm not taking one of the spots from one of my teammates at 77. Yeah, like, I'll fight teammates. everybody. Yeah. He doesn't care. That's, you know, it's, that it, was it's, a bummer of a loss for him. For sure. He yeah. was probably like, Oh, this sucks that like, cause everybody's seen a Gary match where he'll, he'll get beat. He'll get put into a bad position. Yeah. It's like, now I'm out. And that didn't happen. For the Gordon Ryan match. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I think it is out of fold. This is, again, a, probably not a match that we're going to see Gio Martinez, Fabricio Andre, in round one or two of ADCC Maybe. finals as a result because ADCC typically does not like to do rematches unless it is in the finals. So with the bracketing, they try to bracket that. These guys will probably be on opposite sides of the bracket after this match just as a, as a piece of information if you're listening to the show. We'll see. Um this is the match that got chippy. Izaki Behance versus Hunter Colvin. Chippy, uh, yeah, this is a nice way to put it. Yeah, they got, chi- got chippy. Well, you they said got, chippy. So I said I just chippy. I, I think Colvin I, was heavy on on the tie ups. Like he they was, both he were was a little chopping. Bit. Yeah, heavy. Behance was just trying to keep up with it, and then like Colvin really whacked him good, and Behance looked at the ref and was like, "Yo, what's up?" And the ref was like, "What?" And so he looked back up at Colvin. He was like, "Cool," and they fist bumped, and then like. He palmed him, and then he headbutt him, and then he chopped at him, and then the ref was like, "Yo, you can't do that." And he was like, "You just let him like punch me in the head." So I was just doing the same thing back. And they fist bumped but, again. But Colvin came right back to him and was like, "Cool, yeah, let's have this kind Col- of match, dude." Colvin, because that that's the kind of match. Cole, like Colvin fights at eighty five. Like Colvin is a guy that's very happy to punch you or punch you. Like 
Toland's a tough dude, and like it was cool with his MMA happened. background, he just doesn't. That doesn't. We've seen him in a bunch of matches like that where guys like like hit him or something, and he just goes, "All right." And like he is one of the few guys that doesn't seem to get like he will do that match to you, but does not get bothered when you do it to him. Yeah, it is just like, like it he is came very, back and was like, "Cool, whatever." Yeah, it's just very funny because most guys like get a little frustrated when someone hits them. So Colvin doesn't really. Colvin's a guy that just doesn't really care about that. And I I appreciate that minor tech issue because I have a raised up keyboard and stopped he the recording. Punched it. I punched the keyboard. And he stopped, punched it. Stopped the, the, the recording. So we're back. Um, I I do appreciate that because Colvin has those matches. And you're just like, okay, we're doing this. Like, doesn't get bothered by it. And Ben's like headbutts him in the face, and then he's just not bothered by it. He's just like, all right. And they're like, cool, okay, we're having on. this kind of match. Cool. And then it was a draw. Yep. And then it was a draw. So Luis Paulo takes on uh, John Blank. He does the shaky finger thing and says, the footlocks don't bother me. John Blank was like, uh, I think they do, but whatever. Went to a draw. Yeah. Um, Marcelo Fausto versus Nick Ronan went to a draw. Yep, really similar match. Ronan's yeah. underneath looking for that, you know, backside 50-50 knee bar. He got thrown into a couple of them, and Fausto was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, was this the match with the stall? Was that an earlier Nick Ronan match? I was earlier Nick Ronan. Okay, yep. I, I missed which one that was. They actually, like, it was like three minutes of the closed early. guard, and then they were like, you gotta do, you gotta move. And he was like, oh, okay, we'll move. Um, then we have uh, Mika Galvao versus Keith Krikorian again for I the would, third time. I didn't... How demoralizing is this? <sighs> right? I like so Keith. And it's, it sucks Keith to see him got like... armbarred, but after regulation, and then he gets submitted, and then you're like, all right, let's go, and... I don't know if they were like, we think Keith is going to go up. Mika, go up again. I don't know. I see. This is where I was kind of confused. And this is where I wish there would have been a little more information about, like, at least at this point in the broadcast, like, reiterate how the picks are made or how they choose. Like, I wish the commentary would have expanded so upon that a little bit. Everybody was out. So by the time, because he had won and they had taken out more people, they had swapped out, like, they have to wear those goofy little jerseys that say they're no longer, like, able right. to participate. Yeah, yeah. Well, after I think I think they planned this out this way, they were like, all right, we're going to have Mika go early again from earlier, right after the Mason match, and we'll get him in again pretty quickly if we start hitting draws. And they hit right. a bunch of which draws. Which is probably in the front what you're going to do. And they got to the point to where they were like, cool, we know where we are. One of two matches is about to happen. Krikorian or, or Fowler. Right. And they were like, Miko, you're like the last guy in that's eligible. Let's figure it out. Yeah. They were like, screw it, go. And they threw in Krikorian. It's like, Krikorian was just like, it It was almost the same thing again. Yeah. But then it was a transition to that triangle. Well, really, it was, it, was the, it was the almost exact same kind of passing and mounting sequence. Michael, you saw him in the second match go to that high mount, like trapping, like really high mount trapping both of Krikorian's arms like above him. And Krikorian did a great job like keeping his elbows as into him as he could. But then... Micah had figured out, like, cool, I've already been here with you, like, for four or five twice. minutes at this point, twice, and I've figured out, like, the sequence that is working on you right now, and you haven't, like, you know, Geo and Boogie are his coaches, but, like, they probably haven't been talking about, like, how to go and, like, workshop this match to, like, make any changes about this, and then and you go up of, again. It kind of doesn't matter because while they're separated by one weight class ADCC-wise, like, they were saying that uh, Galval weighed in around like 81, 82 kilos, which is yeah. like 170 something. And yeah. Keith is like, 
He will go Easily up, at but sixty-six he's, kilos. He's a fifty-fiver. Like Keith is a fifty-fiver. They will cut to make forty-five. It's a decent cut for him. But like, but there's still like a tw- easy twenty-pound weight difference between the two of them. Yes. So, and these guys typically, unless they're meeting an absolute, don't meet in a lot of brackets because Mika is Micah's usually going up to like one eighty-five. And then Keith is usually going to 55 or 45. Yeah. You know, and the, it doesn't usually go up to 170. So it's like a weird that I think I do definitely think that weight probably played a factor in this, but this is a match we're probably not likely to see outside of an absolute ever again because they're just, these guys just don't operate in the same brackets. Um, Correct. Same mounting sequence over. Mika goes triangle. to a triangle instead of to the armbar, which I think is good he kind of looped under he likes to do that triangle it's kind of the same entry he did he set it up and then what yeah. was funny was like you see him like they're like oh maybe you do that and he's just like i'm just gonna slowly readjust and then squeeze the shit out of him yeah and that's what he did mm-hmm. but that also leaves the ability to leave him in which he did and they were like all right mika versus mason fowler yeah for the last three minutes that we had yeah. in this and now they're up essentially with three minutes left you're up Two, two to one, one on USA. Mason Fowler has to get something going. You have to, def- to you have to defend for a couple minutes. Galvao is like one of the best in the world. Good luck, even even with the weight advantage, like the Fowler had. Good luck subbing him in. Good luck subbing him in ten minutes. Better yet, three minutes where he knows, like, oh, we win if I just don't get submitted. Awesome. Even though he's gonna try to submit him, he's anyway. gonna try to submit you, but like. He throws so much offense at you. It's like you have to deal with that while trying to like come back from yourself. And so mm-hmm. Team USA was unable to do it. That match goes to a draw, and we get 2-1 to one Brazil. Brazil. They are now the Polaris squad's champions. Yep. Um, it, was, it was a fun event. It was a long event. I think, there needs to be some tweaking to it yeah, a think, little bit. I think they need to tweak some stuff. Um, I... <sighs> They, I don't really want to kind of put forth like what I think should get tweaked because I don't know. It's I don't know yet either. It's an interesting format, but it does, there needs to be a tweak because it is a lot of draws in a row are really hard to watch. And it's really hard to assign stakes to a match when I'm not sure kind of what the goal of the match is. Because like only submissions. I think the, the have should be shortened to 45 minutes if they're going to keep it at five minutes. Yeah. If you're keeping it at five minutes, that still gives you time if you're doing a whole five minutes, right? So 45 minutes is, is what? It's nine matches. Yeah. I also think the team should be smaller. I think that would help a little bit. Maybe. I, I think it's fine where there's eight people on the team where it's like half or it, one weight and half yeah, or it the just, other. It makes it, for me, it makes it hard. It makes it, as a viewer, it makes it hard to follow because I'm following essentially 16 different people that are in and out, in and out, in and out. And like, we cover this every week. We know all the guys. I think probably from an outside observer, it's really hard to keep track of an entire, again, this is me as a grappling guy, not as a sports guy where plenty of people can listen to the entire roster of okay, every sport. How many people legitimately watch this though? Because you also have to think that it's on fight pass. And like, I would, I would love statistically. I like watching, like seeing numbers when it comes yeah. to how many people watch it. I would love if like, I could get a hold of Flo's numbers and like, Oh, this event did this. this Everyone event. would love that. I would love even, that. Even the broadcasters don't have that. <laughs> So it's like the same thing when they do this or they do the other uh, grappling thing on uh, on Fight Pass. EI or Fury or, or yeah, any um, of that Quintet, stuff. any of those run of like run I would pass. love to see the viewership. The viewership and like okay, we see like X amount of people watch this. It's like all right. 
Now let's compare it to another event where, you know, why amount watch this? What's the difference? Like, right. how do we... You really crunch the numbers for what works for marketing, works for rule set, works and for I'm And I'm a stupid. Yeah. I'm not even a numbers guy. Yeah. But that's the kind of stuff I like to see when it comes to like, okay, well, if this is happening, this is happening, how do we increase viewership? Right. You know, do we do less talky-talky bullshit on commentary? Do we do less stupid rules or more stupid rules right. or whatever? More meme fights or more like... Exactly. You know, yeah. I'm, I don't know. And we've, we've talked to a lot of promoters over the years kind of behind the scenes for what works a little bit. Um, but I think for this, I think a little bit of a shorter half... And maybe a six-minute match. I think a little bit longer on the match is something that I would like to see. Um, I would like to see a game of rock, paper, scissors as to decide who's the actual winner. But you only get point one point for that. I would like. I would like honestly to see. I th- I kind of want to want to see a decision criteria as well. But then you're letting people or or, judge. or 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 draw a decision. Like you can you can have a draw. But if it's a cl- if it's clear that someone wins based on like your submission criteria, and you're like, hey, they've and done. That's like half a point. Yeah, if you win like, by decision, you get half a point. But it, but also like you can get you can have a draw. Like they can determine a draw. But it's like the window for draw is here. And if you like you blow the dude out in those ten percent on either side, yeah, you you get a half a point. You get like some sort of award for that. Then it makes it possible that like the matches have more scissors ability where it's like, you're not going to sub this guy. I get that, but it still makes you go and have to impose the entire match. Go and beat the shit out of that guy. Right. And then it gives it for me, you're rewarded at the end of that with a point total. And then we can have six to four, six to two, or like something like something to see versus a whole card of draws where it's like submissions where it's like I, from one guy. When, and I appreciate like the, the thought. It's just for me, it's very, very hard to watch a whole card of draws and then be able to like take tangibles about like how that ran. Because a draw looks like a draw, which means everything was even, and that just doesn't it doesn't reflect really what happened and kind of the great moments that happened in the match because they just go to draw. So sorry, I was doing the the math and like just in the second half alone. Uh, out of the 13 matches in the second half, there was two submissions. It's 15% submission rate. Yeah. So it's just like... In the second half. And then in the first half, you have a similar time. So you have... Go up really quick. Let me see how many matches there were. Really quick. Yeah, wrong mouse. Uh, let's see. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 13. So we have 13 and 13. So 26 and matches, you have two subs. 26 matches, you have three subs. Well, you have two because it, it was not in regulation. No, no, no. There's uh, Fowler. Oh, yeah, Fowler with the armor. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. yeah I forgot about that. So, He's up for like, Team Brazil. So it's, again, I just I just think that I would like to see maybe some more points because higher scoring is fun. You got a 11 12% submission rate rounding up. That's not, like, to me, as a viewer of just wanting to see submissions, that's not exciting. As a viewer of jujitsu in general, like, a lot of the stuff that happened was cool. There was a lot of cool like takedown sequences, cool uh, sweeps and and transitions and reversals. Great, but if you're like not super dorky into jujitsu, right? Which I mean, if you're into jujitsu, you kind of are like dorky about jujitsu. Yeah. But if you're not like us, yeah, <laughs> where it's just like you're really watching everything, like really getting into it, it's just like that's not exciting. 
and it's hard. To, it's hard to affix a story to a draw. Yeah, and I and I just think that there are there are some great moments in here that I could definitely go like, yeah, I'll have, I'm happy to give the guy the win there on that because yes. he did he did so much in there. Or, or okay, I'm happy that these matches were draws, but I think that some of these matches, like I would have been very happy. And that was a pretty clear cut decision. Like I'd be good with that. And then oh man, they won the decision. You can have guys win through the decision because I think that the submission is great. But when you have higher level guys, we've seen events very frequently that like you just don't like high level guys just don't get submitted very often. And yeah, no. Galvao is 25, 30 pounds bigger than Corian to see it happen. Fowler is one of the best dudes in the world under 99 to have it happen. It's just like there's you have to have a mismatch. There's all that in between. Yeah. Yeah. You have all the matches, the matches that kind of weren't as mismatched that there were there were draws and there were some great moments in there that it's just hard to talk through. So. That's my only thoughts. Uh, kind of a rambling end and outro there for the thoughts. But again, I like the I like the squads format. I like that they're doing it. I do would like to, them to see. I would like to see them continue to tweak it, um, moving forward. Yeah. So that does it. This next week, moving on to previews. We're not re- we're not really going to preview American Nationals because uh, we don't. It's kind of a minor event. Uh, it's a it's a it's a semi major. They're trying to make it a major. We may talk about some matches for it next week. We have some other events that we're not. We don't really have preview information for next week. We will cover one of those this coming following week. We are moving kind of into the potentially um, a short week next week, and then we'll move into the preview for who's number one, um, Gordon Ryan versus Pedro Mourinho, which I am very excited for. That should be a, a fun. That should be a fun card. What you got? We got some matches for Raw Grappling. Oh, we do yeah. finally. Bianca oh, Basilio versus yeah. Fion Davies. The that's rematch. Gonna be a slapper. It's going to be fire. Uh, Diego Pato Oliveira versus Ethan Crellinston. Gabriel Souza versus uh, Ash Williams. And Lucas Hulk Barbosa versus Thomas uh, Bracker. So moving to the preview of Raw Grappling <laughs> 2, taking place on Flow Grappling, happening July 3rd, day before Independence Day here in America. So I might have that off, actually. Oh yeah, might, might, we might get together. Monday is my normal day off. So Josh, so. we might get together and have a uh, possibly ha- have a little grappling rerun. Or fun. I'll be at the pool. Well, turn two. that down. Let's talk about the matches. Oh well, fine then. Because that's the only one. The other one doesn't have matches yet. Are you sure? Because positive. We're gonna look after this. I'm positive. So Bianca Basilio versus Fion Davies. Josh, you remember how the last one went? Didn't be a beater. I think I. Th- I can't remember. Not be a be a beater, but not Bianca. I don't remember if Bianca beat her. Bianca and, and Bia, like, they're all... That, I know... Bia Mosquita and Bianca Basilio. Yeah, but she... Bia Basilio. She, you hear her. I know, and that's why it confuses the shit out of me every time, Josh. This would be a fun one. Again, with Fionn's recent performance at, at Worlds... Is it Gi or no Gi? It's a super fight. It's obviously no Gi. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do Gi super fights anymore. Shh, especially... Stop both of my them, dreams. Both of them are going to ADCC absolutely going to be a no-gi Stop crushing fight. my dreams. I hope it's in the gi. So, uh, this will be fun. Again, I... I'm going to go Fion. You're going to go Fion? Looking, she's looking good recently. She's looking phenomenal, especially after that win for Worlds. I could see it. Uh, yeah, maybe Fion again. I think Fion takes this and one. And then we have uh, Diego Pato versus Ethan Krellenston. This, this is a tough match for Krellenston. Krellenston is the... Other person that kind of looks like SpongeBob, other than Edwin Najmi, he's his upper body is that so is a fucking th- that big. is a throwback that no one is gonna get. Plenty of people will get that; they'll okay. understand. Okay, look at Edwin Najmi; looks like SpongeBob. So does Ethan Krellenston. Yep. 
his his just upper body is so fucking big in comparison. Yeah. But I mean, he looked great at uh, CJJ. Yeah, winning that cha- um, winning that title, um, having to fight your teammate. Oh, another teammate fight. Um, last week, or a couple weeks ago on CJJ, we had Orchard and Keith Rikorian go against each other, and there was some controversy in that match. I think it was really funny to have uh, Krikorian and Orchard on the same team so shortly after that controversial match. Because there was a maybe an illegal slam that happened in that match that might have gotten Orchard out of a position that Kokorian was on on his back, and then he was able to then norm triangle him late. It was very interesting. I thought it was very funny to have two guys that had had that kind of controversial match immediately on the same team again. But I'm going to go Krellin still on that one. I'm going to go Pato on this one. I think that Pato... I think Pato... I think Krellin has an amazing leg lock game and has, you know, really tightened up a lot of things uh, since ADCC and his, his run at trials a couple of years ago. But I think that Pato, uh, I think Pato's just another, just on that like next level after trials and like his wrestling game was just on display. Um, and I just, I just think that he is able to impose a top game on Ethan. I think Ethan will be happy to go to his feet, go to, go to his, Ethan will be happier to go to his back, and I think that he can Pato can impose a top game. Or if Ethan can out wrestle Pato, I think Pato's guard is just almost bulletproof at the lower weight classes. Fair enough. Uh, Gabriel Souza versus Ash Williams. Souza. I'm gonna go Souza too. I, I mean, Ash, Ash Williams has, has gotten some wins. Looked really good again. The Kokorian match at Grapple Fest was very very close, and his European Trials victory, he looked amazing in that. Um, uh, beat which meow did he beat? Although that was kind of Paula, Paula. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna go with Souza. I'm gonna go with Souza as well. Um, just because there are very few things I bet against Souza for nowadays. Uh, again, this is Nogi as well. Uh, did beat Mikey. Did beat Mikey, and that's 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 sort of why I'm going Souza for most of the stuff. I was like, you beat Mikey, I'm gonna pick you until until you give me a solid reason not to. I'm I'm gonna keep picking you. That's 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 my thought. Uh, lastly, what we have. In front of us, uh, Lucas Hulk Barbosa versus Thomas Breaker. Um, I'm not super familiar with Breaker. I'm not either, so it's easy to go Hulk. Yep. But again, <laughs> again, I love watch. I love being surprised. Uh, could see Breaker surprise us. So that is raw grappling. Raw grappling number two. Man, what have you been eating, man? Uh, I had an entire uh, Cadoba bowl before we recorded Oof. because I made good decisions and I tore my ribs on Friday, and so Oof. I'm I'm a sadness eating now. I'm going to put on like three to four pounds and go, oh, I got to stop now. Oh, I'm going to put on three to four pounds. Man, shut up. It's gonna be great. Oh, we have entries now. What did I tell you? Right. What did I tell you? We got we got some matches. All right. So an honor submission challenge three also happening on July 3rd. We have a preliminary. We have some preliminary card matches. We have a 70 kilogram match. We have three matches, uh, three 15 minute. We have three people in that. Uh, we have Fabrizio Andre, Jack Sear, and Alessio uh, Sanchetti. In that, we also have a super fight with Luis Paolo versus Liam Alpan, which is a 15-minute match. In our 77-kilogram bracket, we have Michael Galvao, Jed Hugh, Jack Tilly, and Omar... Can you give me his name? I'm looking behind myself now. Emanoli. Emanoli. Can you can you drag it over there? Can I drag it yeah. over there? I most certainly can. Ah, I love you, Josh. Perfect. Boom. That actually doesn't help at all. I moved it like three inches to the left. Oh, boo-hoo. Um, I'm going to go Michael Galvao on this one. Oh, you don't say... I'm going to go, any again, anything oh. he's in. And then in the plus 99 kilogram division, we have Felipe Pena, Wagner Hosha, Manuel Pastado, and Chris, uh, and Cristiano Troisi. I'm going to go Pena. 
You think Wagner beats Pena? Pena's probably even more juiced than he was at Worlds. I hate pop for Worlds, too. Did we talk about the show? Did I think, you guys? I, think, I, I don't we, know. I think, I think we you did. did. I think we did. Pretty sure you did. I'm pretty um, sure it was you and Miranda talking about it. Yeah, but again, it's ADCC's coming up. They don't care. Do it, baby. I want to see it. Uh, Wagner's needles. moving up. Not to 99, though. Uh, is he... 88? I think he's 88 now. Smart. So... Penna's up two weight classes. Uh, I'm going to go Penna here. It's just on, like, it's Felipe Penna. Safe bet. Um, but, again, I don't know how this format's going to go, but I'm actually, I'm very excited about the matches we have. That thing about it being a slow week next week is wrong as shit, Josh. See, you were like, we don't have any uh, things. And I look checked, at that. I checked earlier, and we didn't, and now we do. All you got to do. do is just wait until an absurd time to check, and then they bring them up. Yeah. They do this on purpose. They're trying to, they're trying to keep us down. The man they is. <laughs> so, that is... That is next week's matches. Josh, it'll be very, very fun. I'll probably have a little barbecue at the house, get together and watch some jujitsu with with the friends. Well, and, this uh, is technically Sunday. It is. That this runs, so there's a potential for it not to be on Monday. I work that Sunday. I might come over later. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'll have you over, Josh. That's the third, not uh, the fourth. My, my phone died. Hmm. Nice. Stop playing video games on your phone. So that does it. Josh, you got anything fun planned for the week? Work training, yeah. Same trying with me. not to hurt myself. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna heal my ribs up, and then <laughs> I'm gonna heal my ribs up. But I'm gonna train this. Week. I can't. I, I'm probably not gonna train this week. I'm probably smart. gonna be actually be a smart man as I get older. And like, I'm as gonna I get older. Are you even thirty yet? Thirty one. <gasps> I had back surgery at twenty nine. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I thought you were still in your twenties. Nah, nah. You're old as fuck now. I am. <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, never mind. I just I didn't know. I got married. I got confused. You got married last year. Yeah, I was I like twenty or thirty. I was there. I know you were there. You did the thing with the, yeah. with the speaking. Thirty. And I very I much guess. appreciated it. So, all right, Josh, I got nothing else. <laughs> as as always on the Grappling Rewind, I'm your host, Mange. My co-host, Josh, and we have the Grappling Rewind. Just on the map, whatever it is. Stay safe. If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time and thank you.